Happy New Year. Happy New Year, yeah. Today we have a bunch of movies to talk about. Yeah, we're going to do an animation roundup because Charlie and I have watched a lot of animated features recently and we thought we'd catch up with some of the best of 2020. And this, and while I watch it, I'm having some dumb and some yummy icy. That's right. We've got a few snacks going on today, a few treats. It's Christmas. It, it's the time of Christmas, so we're going to do ton of Christmassy ones. No, we're not. Christmas has been long over, and we're not talking about Christmas anymore. These are just cartoons that we've watched recently. The first movie we wanted to talk to you about today is a Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, directed by Will Betcher and Richard Phelan. This is from Ardman Studios. This is a claymation sequel to the Shaun the Sheep movie. Different directors, different story. Charlie, what would you think about Farmageddon? I love Lula. Yeah, who's Lula? He's the alien. Yeah, what happened? They were on a farm. Yeah. And then an alien ship landed. And Lula came out and looked a lot like a dog. Kind of, right? Mm-hmm. Did it remind you of the other dog in the movie named Bingo? What's Bingo? Bingo's the farmer's dog that kept trying to catch him. Kind of. Yep. It was hard to know what the characters' names were in this movie because... It's essentially a silent. There's no dialogue. There's they, The characters do express a lot of emotion through sound, but there's no dialogue. What's dialogue? Dialogue is when characters talk. Talk like what? Like when they say words. No characters in this movie said any words. So what did you, what, what do you remember about they, this? They all just made sounds? Yeah. What do you remember about this movie, Charlie? The whole town has UFO fever, right? Because they thought they saw a UFO crashing down, but then the ship disappeared. It camouflaged. I remember all of it. Farmer John tries to cash in because he finds some crop circles, so he tries to convert his entire farm into a theme park. A really shoddy theme park. Sean and Bingo escape with Lula back to the alien ship and try to get try to get Lula back home, but is it smooth sailing? Nope. What happens? They run the ship. Yeah, the whole ship comes crashing back to Earth and gets wrecked because they tried to do what? What? Pizzas. <laughs> yep. Tried to make too many pizzas and ca cause the UFO to come crashing back down from space after careening off the International Space Station. Lula's afraid he's never. she's never going to get back home. But their mom and dad. Yeah, Lula's mom and dad came to rescue her after they finally... After Sean climbs really high up hey, to get the signal we, we, to we boost. Did, we didn't do this part. What part? The part when they went in the toy shop and Lula that partied out of the snacks and went all crazy. Yeah, Lula did go a little sugar crazy, didn't she? Did the snacks, did the snacks make her crazy? I think so. I think she ate too much sugar. I thought Farmageddon was a very fun adventure. Not, I didn't enjoy it as much as the first Shaun the Sheep movie, but I thought it was very fun. What movie? This one, called Farmageddon. Do you want to tell them any last thoughts about Farmageddon before thought, we start talking about the next one? I thought this one is the sheep one. Yep, it's called a Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. Sounds good. Love it. I thought it does a great well, job at slapstick humor. The part I love is when he went so crazy and he eats candy. Yeah, that sounds some, like something you might want to do. 
So, the next movie we would like to discuss is Soul from Disney Pixar. That, that's the one they don't in snow. Um, that's not snow, hun. That's a different sort of dimension where souls live before they find human bodies on Earth. This is directed by Pete Docter and Kemp Powers, starring Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey. This is sort of a re-up of Inside Out, where they spend a lot of time in another character dimension that isn't as much fun as you think it should be, and it promises a lot of jazz music that doesn't really turn into anything. But it's still a very above-average movie. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Want to tell them what you thought it was about? Joe was walking around, and he fell into a can. He fell into a manhole. Yeah. He almost died, right? Yeah. So where did he go? But he did die. Yeah, he kind of did. He did die. He was on the conveyor belt to the he, great beyond. He, he did die. Yeah? That means... It's like going to heaven. That means means you won't hurt yourself or anything. Yeah, he was on a conveyor belt to heaven. But he decided he didn't want his life to be over yet, because that would mean that even though he was just an ordinary school teacher, he was going to miss his one big shot at being a star jazz musician with a famous saxophonist in town. The sole version of Joe became a mentor to 22, who never decided that she wanted to come down and find a body on Earth because she wasn't sure what her spark was. So Joe tried to show her all the different things that can that can light your spark and be your purpose on Earth until they really find out we are here for the journey, not for a specific purpose, which is all fine and well, but seemed a little trite to me. But the animation looks great. I wish less time was spent in the soul world and more time spent in New York City, more time spent with the music that the... So, that the film was purportedly about. What were some of your favorite parts, Char? Well, my favorite part is when she was crying and she turned into a monster and was running away. 22 turned into a monster? Mm-hmm. All in all, a highly enjoyable family feature. It was inarguably better than Onward, which came out earlier this year, though Charlie might argue that very stance Onward? in a future date. Yeah. I love Onward. Yeah, I know you Can do. Can we do a blog show about it soon? Maybe we could. We might we might discuss it soon when in a couple weeks when we do our favorite films of the year. Next up is Over the Moon. This is directed by Glenn Keane and John Cars and a script written by Audrey Wells before she passed away. You hear the same the moon, so, so they go to the moon. Yeah, Fei-Fei is a daughter of two mooncake bakers, but when her mother dies, she is unsure how to accept her dad falling in love with somebody else, and holds a 
myth of the moon goddess, Chang'e, very close to her heart and wants to prove that it's true. Is her mommy? Her mommy died? Yeah, her mom dies really early. So she so wants is to... she not a new mom? She, she does have a new mom and brother. Remember her brother Chin? Her stepbrother? She, she gets a new stepbrother and stepmother, but she doesn't know how to love them or if she wants to love them because she thinks that might mean she's going to forget about her mom. So she wants to build a rocket ship and go to the moon to prove that... That her mom died? The, the moon goddess was a metaphor for her dead mother. So she thought if she could go and see Chang'e, that would prove that since she is waiting for her true is love, that, the hunter... Is that, is that the man who died? No. And who is it? Chang'e is a Chinese moon goddess who is waiting on the moon for her true love, the hunter, to return. Just like how on earth Feifei's mother died and she thinks that her dad should wait forever for her to return. Does she actually get to the moon? Mm-hmm. How? For a rocket ship. You know you silly. Tell her how she, tell her how she built a rocket ship. She no, decided she didn't. She bought it. No, she built it. She studied she studied math and science very hard and built her own rocket ship. This movie reminds me a lot of Pixar's Up in that it did, did she ask to build a rocket ship? Yeah, she asked to order a lot of packages off of Amazon that would give her the supplies to build her rocket ship. So this reminds me a lot of the movie Up in which it tries to strike What's what's Up? Up is the Pixar movie about the man who lived with his lived happily with his wife for many many years together and then she dies at the beginning and he doesn't know what to live for and eventually attaches a lot of balloons to his home and it floats away to South America. I think it did a long time ago. Yeah. Similar story structure in that it tries to be but very I, emotional in the first I few tell minutes. You about it, how I watched it? Yeah. It was long. It was long and there's a bunch of balloons coming up. Not balloons. The things that you come in and they'll float you up and lay in the balloon thing. There's a bunch of it. There's balloons on it. And balloons pop. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about? Yeah, that might be the same thing. So much like Up, where all of the emotion is invested in the first 10 minutes, and then they move on to a magical world where almost anything could happen, in Up, they just go to South America where there's like a, a, a goofy bird, is that and that's new? it. In Over the Moon, unfortunately, they build a lot of emotion into the story, and then once we get to the moon, it just turns into like Trolls World Tour or something, where... There's bright colors, a lot of banal pop music. Charlie, what did you think of this movie? I thought it was a little disappointing. I loved it. What'd you think about it? What did you like about once they got to the moon? That's the rocket ship when she went up the rocket ship. 
That's right. So what's the lesson she learns in the end? Do you remember? There's two. There's another movie we have to do a bunch about. It's like this movie. What movie is that, hun? The movie you watched and the movie you didn't know. Oh, are you talking about Gnome Alone? Yeah, that's... Yeah, you th- you thought this movie was very similar to Gnome Alone. Can you tell us why you think that? The brother learned to love the sister. And, and... And what did that remind you of in Gnome Alone? It means that Daryl loved to love the boy, despite the still... Love to love the boy. Yeah, I understand that. In both movies. Yep, in both movies, the main girl has to learn to accept somebody into her life that she didn't maybe choose and didn't trust to be a good friend or family member at first, but then she learns to really love them, right? Mm-hmm. In, in Over the Moon, it's her stepbrother, Chen, who's a few years younger than her. And what's his number one thing to do? Do you remember what he always is trying to do in this movie? He loves to run into the wall. Yeah, his number one thing is to try to run into a wall and think that his body will pass through it. That was a good example that you thought of, hun. So this comes to us from Pearl Studios. It's a Chinese-USA co-production on Netflix. Do you have any final thoughts on Over the Moon, Charlie? Um, yep, I do. Do you? Yeah, I thought that it didn't do very well with with Chinese cultural appropriation it see it didn't seem like there was a lot of Chinese people involved in the in the writing, in the production, in the direction, and it seemed to use a story for its own purposes that it cheapened in a way. What did you think, Char? I loved it. And we didn't talk about this part. What part's that? It was the dift. Remember he had in his that pat? Yep. Or something. He he had a bunch of snacks. Yeah, Ken Jong's. Yeah, that, that was the gift inside the thing. Yep. Inside the backpack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things get kind of silly once they get to the moon, and I, I think it loses some of its emotional punch. We got two more to talk about. First, we're going to talk about Upon the Third, the First, which hey, is I maybe. That one. Which is maybe my favorite title of the year. Directed by Takashi Yamazaki. Hey, I told you. I I think this is a good movie to um pick our character and see which one we love. Oh, Charlie, you are talking my language now. We want to do a draft on the characters in Lupin the Third, the first. Which guys do you love? The first guy I would take would be. Goemon Ishikawa the 13th, the samurai. Remember the guy with the sword? He can cut wings off of airplanes. Are you talking about that guy? Yep. Next one, I'm going to pick this guy. Okay. Of course you would take Lupin. That makes a lot of sense. He is maybe the best thief in the world, right? But did you didn't want to take that guy. Because I like the samurai. But you picked a good choice. So next, I'm going to take Fujiko Maine. Hey. Remember, she's always trying to compete with him. Hey, I love that little guy. Um, don't you take the girl 
What's her name? Leticia. Leticia? Yeah. Yeah, she's the archaeologist, becomes Lupin's love interest in this movie. If you're taking Leticia, then I'm going to take Daisuke Jigen. That's Lupin's sidekick, the little gangster guy that's always saving him when he's about to get in trouble. Anybody else you would like to take? I'm going to pick that guy. You're going to take the Interpol officer? Yeah. All right, so I think we got some pretty cool teams. But what's important about this movie is that all of the team members are important, right? Because this is an adventure story. So in the movie, it starts off in World War II Europe, where an archaeologist, Professor Bresson, has a diary and a, and a key built into a secret amulet to open up that book. But it's very tricky to get into, and he hides it. He gives it to his family, but then bad guys are trying to steal that treasure book for decades, right? Because if they open it, they're going to learn about the secret weapon that Bresson developed that he didn't want the Nazis to get, and it was called the Eclipse. And the Eclipse was a power generator that could create small little black holes and infinite energy. So they're on a big treasure hunt to try to find that Eclipse, right? They had to go to South America. They thought that Hitler was still alive. They had to go in this big underground maze that was kind of like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where they had to go from room to room and solve the puzzles. What maze? Remember, the, te- the whole team was together, and they were trying to get to the weapon. And there was one room where there were a bunch of eyeball jewels that they had to find the right eyeball to get into the next room. And then the next room, they had to use the samurai sword to line up everything to build a bridge. And then he had to go through that one corridor without getting cut up. And he was on a wire that pulled him all the way through it, and he barely made it. Lupin did. That's... My favorite dad, it means he, he, he has, he's like Superman. You think so? I mean. You did want to keep calling he, these he, superheroes. That. Lupin? He's like Spider-Man. How so? It means Spider-Man has webs and he kind of has webs too. Okay, yeah, you're talking about Spider-Man can shoot web from his wrist and then it can pull him just like he had a secret cord that he shot across and then it pulled him through right that was a good example you did keep calling these people superheroes and i had to tell you they weren't exactly superheroes but they did make a good super team right yeah so we find out that hitler did not actually survive that was just a trick to get any of the remaining nazis captured they save the day they destroy the instrument so that because it caused too much evil, so that in that way it was like a superhero movie too, where there's a tool that is too powerful for anybody to use, so they have to get rid of this it. This is going to be a long block show. I agree. Anyway, Lupin the Third, the first, I enjoyed. How about you, Char? Me too. All right, that'll bring us to our last film we're going to talk about today. Wolf Walkers. Wolf Walkers is right. Wolf Walkers is directed by Tom Moore and Ross Stewart. It is the third installment in Moore's Irish folklore trilogy following The Secret of Kells and Song of the Sea. Wolf Walkers might be my favorite of the bunch. Hard to say, Char. What do you want to tell them about Wolf Walkers? 
Roofwalkers are kind of scary. Why do you say that? It means there's wolves in it. Yeah, but were the wolves really that scary once we got to know them? No. Yeah, we find out who we're actually scared of is people that try to make outsiders feel like they're dangerous. Because we have Lord Protector Oliver Cromwell, who's trying to keep his whole city safe by building up a wall around it and hiring people to go out and kill any wolves in the wilderness so that they can instead build farmland there to feed the population. So he hires an English widower, Bill Goodfellow, who moves into the town with his daughter Robin. And Robin, how would you describe the girl Robin in this, Charlie? Did she like to always just stay in her room and, and listen to her dad and not do anything naughty? She's going to be a hunter like her dad. Yeah, she was always sneaking out, sneaking out into the woods. She wanted to go hunt. She wanted to not be locked away and just clean up the room all day. And sometimes that got her into trouble, didn't it? Do you remember any times that it got her into trouble? Mm-hmm. She accidentally her bird. She did. She accidentally killed her bird. That was a very sad part. But this is a sad part when she fixed her bird. Right. We find out that Maeve is one of the wolf walkers. And a wolf walker... Do you want to describe what a wolf walker is? The wolf. When it's nighttime. Yeah, when they go to sleep, they can turn into a wolf. But one is a wolf. They don't, they don't go to sleep and be a wolf. They be a wolf in the morning and they be a wolf at night. Yeah, there are some wolves in the pack that aren't wolf walkers. They're just actual wolves. But Maeve is a wolf walker. And she also has a healing power. So when Robin was trying to be a brave hunter and protect a farmer with her with her arrow, she accidentally shot and killed her pet bird. And that part was very sad. But then we find out that Maeve took that bird back and healed it with her powers. But who else got hurt by Maeve? Did, did, did someone else get bitten on the arm? Robin did. Yeah, Robin got bit. And Maeve wanted to protect her, so she used her healing power on her, and thought that it would be okay, but she waited a little bit too long. And using that getting bitten turned Robin into a wolf walker as well. That was a scary time for Robin because her dad is a wolf hunter. And she couldn't control at first whether or not she was turning into a wolf at night too. But, but did she? I don't, I didn't remember if she figured it out. She did figure it out. And eventually it took her dad a long time to figure it out too. Yeah, you figure it out. But one similarity between Robin and Maeve was that Maeve kept turning into a wolf every night trying to find her mom, who, whose body was still in the wolf's den, except she was never waking back up. Do you remember why she couldn't wake up? That means she had the bad dream, but it wasn't a bad dream. If you're a wolf walker, you can't turn back into your human body until your wolf body comes back to you. But Cromwell captured that giant wolf. He wanted to use that wolf as an example to prove to the town that they had power over the wolves. And so he was going to kill Maeve's mom. And so that's why, that's one thing that brought Maeve and Robin together is they were both without their mothers for a while, right? And dad turned into a wolf walker too. 
yeah, Robin's dad turned into a wolf walker and became the very thing that he tried to hunt. So they all had to protect their new family. Char, what did you think about wolf walkers? I remember you liked it a lot when we watched it. What did you think about it? I love it very much. I thought it was special to me because it was about a daddy and his daughter. Yeah, we're friends. We are friends. And this movie teaches us that your family is the people that you choose. Loved it. Okay, Charlie. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna rank how we like these movies the most. My number one is Wolf Walkers. My number two is Soul. My number three is Farmageddon, the Shaun the Sheep movie. My number four is Lupin the Third, the first. And then my last favorite is Over the Moon. What order would you put them in, Charlie? Which one did you like the most? You'd pick Wolf Walkers first? Okay, which one do you like second? Farmageddon. Farmageddon? That's a good number two choice. Then for number three, which one do you like next best? Soul, Over the Moon, or Lupin? Over the Moon. Over the Moon, okay. And then your next favorite, is it Lupin or is it Soul? Soul. Soul? And then Lupin you like last? Yeah. Okay. So you heard it here, guys. Counting down some of our favorite animated features of 2020. This is Tony and Charlie signing off. Remember, you can always rate, review, and subscribe at your podcatchers and email us at bewaretheblobshow at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we love you. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.